Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. What are we going to do? We're going to be believing the lie. Yeah. Believing the lie that Christians don't get depression, Christians don't have anxiety, Christians don't go to prison, Christians don't have infidelity in their marriages. That is so not true. Therapist Julie Hall returns to life support, updating her personal journey with grief. All the while, she counsels countless others on how to make their own way through the stages of grief. Pastor Paul welcomes you once again to life support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was Derek. a golden boy. All we can do right now is come Extreme together. Extreme domestic violence, multiple rapes. Hey, welcome to Life Support. It's so good to have you here. We tell stories on this program. We love to highlight the grace of Jesus Christ and his redemptive power and how God moves into our lives, even in the most difficult of circumstances. And our guest again today is Julie Hall. She is a therapist with quite a story to tell. Julie, I'm so glad you're back. Thank you so much. Um, Just to get everybody caught up um, to where we were last time, um, you're right now experiencing uh, deja vu in your life. Tell me about that. Mm -hmm. I am, yes. Thanks again for having me. Uh, The man that I had prayed for for nine years, God answered, brought into my life a year and a half ago, and um, three months into the marriage, he's a wonderful man, faith-filled man, uh, we found out that he has stage four metastatic cancer. So it was a devastating diagnosis. I had had the same diagnosis 12 years earlier, my first husband, who passed away from a rare form of cancer. So the deja vu is an understatement. It was absolutely, once again, Life went off the rails. Mm-hmm. And you had prayed and prayed and prayed to find someone. Mm-hmm. I had been a widow for nine years. I had prayed every New Year's Day. This was my dream and my hope. And every year went by and God said, not this year. And then finally in 2022, uh, God answered that prayer with my husband. And yep, the man I had prayed for for nine years was now a reality. Now on the Hallmark Channel... <laughs> Um, which is the same movie with um, different actors that runs 24-7. But there's always a happy ending. And the way this is supposed to work out is that God would say, yeah, man, like, I'm just, just wait for the right one. Just mm-hmm. wait for the right one. I'm sure that's what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. But once I give you that right one, then, man, this is going to be awesome, and, and I'm just going to watch you sail into the sunset. But that must have been just shattered big time for you. It was shattered big time. And I do have to laugh because, you know, I've never liked those movies. And now I know why. Obviously, right? Because to me, it's like I, you know, I've had, I've been forced to live in reality for much of my grown up life. And so I think I just commit to seeking the truth. But, you know, unfortunately, the, the happy ending will only be when we all get to heaven, when we're in eternity. That will be all of the endings for us, you know. And while we're here, I do believe we've got a lot of work to do. I believe that. Our lives are way harder than we ever, ever think they're going to be. Um, I do know two points that I would like to take away from this that I want everyone in the audience to hear is he is faithful in the suffering. He will never leave you, and he will not allow it to destroy you. I don't believe our God wants us to live wounded and unhealed. I do believe his character is good despite our circumstances and despite what they look like. I've had to really... um, 
buy into that. I've had to train that over my heart. I've had to ask the Holy Spirit to make that a reality in my heart. I have not been able to do that on my own, but with God's help and Holy Spirit awareness, like really, really believe that. So that's that's one thing that I hope everyone hears today is, you know, despite what it looks like in your current circumstances, and there's so many hurting people out there, God is with you in it, and he will not allow it to destroy you. That is not his will to just let it destroy you. Jesus said that I have come to give you life and give you abundant life. Mm-hmm. How would you define abundant life? For me, that's a bit of a a tricky thing because um, I don't always experience this sort of giddy, um, you know, joy in my life. I, I'm, you know, I, I'm struggling through stuff on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, there's mental health things going on. There's the past. There's grief. There's trying to get my kids through stuff. There's my own sin. And I, I look at that and I go, abundant life like what exactly is that and i know i know how people in the church might answer they'd go like well it's that we're just super glad that we're christians <laughs> and i am except i don't always feel that way so as a therapist what would you say to me if i said miss miss therapist mm-hmm. what is abundant life i would say abundant life includes suffering it might sound counterintuitive But guess what? Suffering has this unique ability to highlight the question, is God good? This unique ability to highlight the question, is he even here? We need to ask ourselves those questions. It is not wrong to ask those questions. I do believe God wants us to wrestle with him, to question him, and to lament. I believe that is part of the the Christian life experience. Let's be real. Mm -hmm. You know, because I'm a Christian has absolutely zero to do with the fact that I've been through a lot of trauma. I've been through rape. I've been through car accidents. I've been through husbands, you know, dying and getting sick. And I'm sitting here to tell you that I still believe God is good. Yeah. And it's his, the character of God is good. And, and suffering highlights all of those things. I think he gave us the abundant life, and that is the experience of knowing him. It's not the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Mm-hmm. So it's almost as if the circumstances bring a context to almost brighten the character of God then mm-hmm. because of the dark backgrounds that you described. And then all of a sudden in the middle of all that, there is this bright source of encouragement or life that you're clinging on to mm-hmm. that others will see. Right. And if we define God's goodness apart from God's purpose, what are we going to do? We're going to be believing the lie. Believing the lie that Christians don't get depression, Christians don't have anxiety, Christians don't go to prison, Christians don't have infidelity in their marriages, that is so not true. Man, you just hit on a lot of, like, myths, though. And, you know, there's always this conversation in a church when something goes wrong with someone. And there's always this question, well, I wonder if that person was ever really a Christian. Mm -hmm. And then I'll always say, have you read the book of First and Second Corinthians at all? Because those people are an absolute wreck. They should all be in prison. And yet, what does Paul call them? You need to talk to that brother. Mm -hmm. That brother is sleeping with his mother-in-law. Like, you can't let that happen. He didn't say, you have to talk to this pagan. You have to go talk to our brother here. And I wish that people could understand that sin is still we are still in a war with sin. We're in a war with evil. Yes. Um, and it's intensifying. And the, the, the more you want to live for Christ, the, the deeper that battle's going to be. And sometimes 
we fail. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love your definition of abundant life because it's not it's not the state of your uh, being. It's 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 more about how God is interacting with you on a consistent basis. It's, it's who God is shining into your world, basically, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the focus. The focus right. is it's who God is in his character. So I have a tendency, and especially now after this late la- last season, I disqualify myself from having a future. You know, I'm, oh my gosh, this happened again. So Lord, you know yeah. what? I guess it's going to, I mean, it's just, I'm going to give up. Shut it's it all down. over. Yep. It's all over. Yep. You know what? Thanks for hanging in there with me this yep. far, but I'm pretty much checking out. Yep. And many people do. Yep. And I understand that they do. But guess what? Here's another thing. You know, talking about the Christian life and the abundant life and the people in, you know, Corinthians, I mean, here's the deal. It's like broken speaks to broken. When I hear something that is just so crazy and I know it's a family that they have a relationship with Jesus and something, one of their kids has gone and done something crazy or gone to prison, I just think, oh, the brokenness. That is just broken. I don't, here's the thing, it's non-judgmental exploration. If we could all look at the lens of people like, wow, I wonder what happened. I wonder what's behind that. I wonder where that, how long, that's what I would love for people to do instead of, as Christians, unfortunately, I'm going to make a blanket statement, we throw them to the wolves. We question their faith. We question their value. Yeah, we do. And we do it on social media. We do it um, in our in our prayer groups and and we just give up on people and we mm-hmm. fail to understand you know maybe maybe that person has gone through hell mm-hmm. and look how far they've come mm-hmm. um if i had to give a realistic view of myself to people um after what i just said about the corinthians probably no one's going to come to my church anyway but um <laughs> i'll come <laughs> okay thank you um but i mean i have to give myself grace right probably the hardest person to give grace to. Yes. Um, why can't I give that same grace to others? Now, you had talked about um, the last time you were here, mm-hmm. you had talked about these wonderful words of grace, truth, and time, mm-hmm. which I thought were really a profound way to um, understand yourself, to understand the situations that you find yourself in. Can you mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit? Yes. So I'm going to talk about, first I'll start with truth and then I'll end with the time. So truth is also the reality and it's accepting the negative reality. It's integrating the negative reality and the positive reality. And this is not the power of positive thinking. This is not self-help at all. What this is, is our ability to look at our situation, not disqualify God is working, not disqualify the moments where we see him working. And at the very same time, We're walking this parallel path of joy and suffering, joy and suffering. So in the negative reality, my new husband has serious health issues. It's impacted our first year of marriage. Our first year of marriage was very difficult. Yeah. Um, You know, did God love us? Yes. Was he there? Yes. Did we suffer? Yes. All of those things. Integrating, that's the real abundant life. Counterintuitive or not. It's real. Yeah. So, you Mm -hmm. know, that's the reality or the truth piece. And the other truth piece is... Emotions are not my God. God is my God. Yeah. My feelings, if they're in the driver's seat and my feelings are going 100 miles an hour, guess what? I'm not going to experience the goodness of God. I'm not going to experience the grace of God yeah. because I have taken it upon myself to worship the latest crisis in my life and put that, as I said earlier, way above the problem solver. Yeah, that's good. Because we've all got stories to tell like that. I mean, when Wendy and I got married, she had just uh, her husband had just abandoned her. I had lost my wife. We were blending teenagers. 
first year was nothing but one fight after another. I mean, it was ugly, ugly, right. ugly. So when I have a couple sitting in my office and they're saying, Paul, things are going really poorly, I can say, you know what? I understand that. Let me tell you about my first year or two. Mm-hmm. And they look at you different. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you have their attention because now they have permission mm-hmm. to to say, yeah, oh, good. Somebody Number one, somebody gets us. Mm-hmm. Number two, I'm not a bad Christian mm-hmm. because we're going through this. Mm-hmm. And we need to tell that more and more because um, there's no one that I know of that has a perfect anything, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. And here's the thing. I love that you said that. And I love to go to a church where the person on the platform makes me feel so safe because you know what? He's just as screwed up as I am or just as needy as I am or just as confused right. yep. as I am. Yep. I want that person to be leading that flock. I want to go there and be like, hey, we're all in this together. Yeah. Right? Yep, that's exactly right. People I mean, in my church usually say, you know, he's as wonderful as, as I am, but that's <laughs> they may be talking about a different pastor. <laughs> but it's true. And, and you know what? And, and that's a hard thing for me. It's a hard thing for pastors. How, how much do I share? How much do I not share? Because right. you don't want to get into this narcissistic thing either. Right. But no. often Wendy will say, you're not sharing enough. Mm-hmm. You need to share more because you have more to offer. And the more you share, the more people are going to be able to get in touch with their own stuff mm-hmm. and be able to feel okay about it. And the church DNA will shift, mm-hmm. you know, to what kind of church it is. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's truth. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. I want to, I just want to camp yeah. out on one other point Yeah. because it goes back directly to what you were saying. There is nothing more powerful than, than to be fully seen and fully heard. Yeah. And you are being fully seen and fully heard when you are not judging that person, when you are coming alongside that person not in a one-up position, but in a side-by-side saying, wow, it's got to be really tough to be you. I'm here. That's all you have to say. You don't have to say it because you can't fix it. You no. can't do anything about it. No. But for you to, you know, I mean, I love the fact that you're able to share as much of yourself as you can on the platform. And here's the thing I heard a speaker say once, and I thought this was so incredible. Um, he's a really big business leader, um, renowned guy. And he said, before I get up and speak, I tell myself I'm here to give. Pastor Paul will return with Julie in just a moment. If you know of someone going through their own journey of grief, there are resources available online at lifesupportresources.org. One-to-one care videos, blogs, and small group resources all dealing with trauma and trauma healing. Again, that website is lifesupportresources.org. And all of the resources are free to you. And now back to Pastor Paul. How much do I share? How much do I not share? Right. Because you don't want to you don't want to get into this narcissistic thing either. Right. But no. Often Wendy will say you're not sharing enough. Mm-hmm. You need to share more because you have more to offer. And the more you share, the more people are going to be able to get in touch with their own stuff mm-hmm. and be able to feel okay about it. And the church DNA will shift. Mm-hmm. You know to what kind of church it is. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's truth. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. I want to, I just want to camp yeah. out on one other point yeah. because it goes back directly to what you were saying. There is nothing more powerful than, than to be fully seen and fully heard. Yeah. And you are being fully seen and fully heard when you are not judging that person, when you are coming alongside that person, not in a one-up position, but in a side-by-side saying, wow, it's got to be really tough to be you. I'm here. 
That's all you have to say. You don't have to say because you can't fix it. You no. can't do anything about it. No. But for you to, you know, I mean, I love the fact that you're able to share as much of yourself as you can on the platform. And here's the thing I heard a speaker say once, and I thought this was so incredible. Um, he's a really big business leader, um, renowned guy. And he said, before I get up and speak, I tell myself I'm here to give. That's good. So whatever it is that you need to give, and, yeah. you know, yeah. God will protect whatever that message is, and you don't want to share too much. But here's the thing. You're not looking for the glory in your story. You know, before yeah. I came here today, I said to God, on the way here, I'm praying, I'm like, Lord, I want to glorify you, whatever I say. I don't want to glorify my story. I'm not glorifying my suffering. Mm-hmm. My suffering is real, mm-hmm. and I don't like it. I'm not doing real well some days in it, but I'm sharing my story to glorify him. And right. I really, I really want to, you know, Kudos to you for doing that for the Well, platform. he'll always answer that prayer because that's that's what he's all about. And he won't take the suffering away necessarily, but he no. will always glorify himself through it. Yep. No. And so the time piece, again, is, you know, he's going to be with me. He's not going to leave me. He is going to be in real time. He is already in the future. You know, it's it's hard to even think about the concept of time when it relates to, you know, going forward in your spiritual life, right? But... I'm going to go forward. I'm going to move forward in time knowing that I'm doing it in the presence of a lot of fear. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it in the presence of a medical diagnosis that could just devastate the rest of 2024. We don't know. We find out, you know, in a month or two where he's going. He's doing really great right now, you know. But you do sort of live and breathe and exist in between the doctor appointments until that next scan comes out. Yeah. That scan is basically the roadmap for, am I going to have a husband next summer? Should we be planning our next vacation or should we hold because he's not going to be here? That's the reality of time. Mm-hmm. We need to keep moving forward in spite of mm-hmm. it. And the only way I have found that I can do that is by being really, really honest with my spouse, being honest with myself. What am I capable of? And you know what? The the Whether he heals Steve on earth or heals him in heaven – that's God's plan, yeah. you know, and yeah. in the timing, the timing will also be God's, you know, yeah. timing. Yeah, yeah, he he will be healed, and and I know it's it sounds very Christianese to say, well, he will be healed in heaven, if nothing else, but it's true. Mm-hmm. It's a reality. Mm-hmm. It's not the reality necessarily you want, but no. it is a reality. Right, exactly. It's talking about that negative reality and walking that parallel path. Yeah. You know, it's... It's the excitement of being newlyweds and going on a honeymoon and all the things. And then it's the crushing drive home from the Mayo Clinic when we were going there for a routine exam and we're driving home and we're both speechless. We are so, so speechless. And, you know, we have to go home and tell people and and all of that depleting energy that has sucked the life out of us having to tell people. And again, it's, you know, the timing of, wow, okay, I only had this for such a short time, you know? Yeah. Do do you ever think about uh, Job when God calls this meeting in heaven and looks at Satan and says, have you considered Job? Mm -hmm. That wasn't Satan asking about Job. Mm -hmm. That was God saying, have you considered my... my..." Now, at first glance, that seems very unfair and very very, um, mean-spirited by God. But then as you read, you start to understand that God trusted Job enough... Mm -hmm. So have you ever been able to get to the place where you see carrying this as a, I don't know, a vote of confidence, a sign of God's trust in you, um, the fact that he knew that you could carry this? Or does that really not mean anything as you try to juggle all of this in your mind? You know, I would answer that this way. You know, I have gone and 
sat and asked and begged and pleaded, show me, you know, what the purpose of this is, yeah. really. Show me why this is my story, right? So I have had those conversations with him. And then I've also had the conversation with, okay, you know, I didn't just wake up and find myself here. I believe God has been preparing me for this the entire time. Mm-hmm. I, I do. Yep. I believe, yep. you know, our days are, are ordained by him, and I know that. And I don't want to get overly spiritual, but I have to sit there and believe he's asking me once again yep. because he knows something I don't know. He knows he will not, you know, there's this really great story. It's a Bible study. A uh, woman brought it to me, and it's this woman goes to to talk about the refiner's fire. I do believe I am in the furnace. Yeah, I believe once sure. again I'm in it. I I believe he is once again refining me because here's what his goal is in the refining process. He wants me to look more like him. Yeah. And man is that painful. Yeah. You know, I mean I I will never arrive until I am in eternity with him. But this refiner's fire story really quickly is this woman goes and she checks out a, you know, a silversmith. She goes to his shop and says, "Show me what the process of refining you know, silver is like. And he's like, okay. So he's like, you have to have the heat just the right temperature. You have to stay with it. You can't leave that piece of silver in the fire or mm-hmm. it will be destroyed. Mm-hmm. You have to tend it exactly at the right time. There's timing involved, right? There's skill involved. And so you have to go. And she said, wow, that's just an amazing process. And so how do you know when that piece of silver is done, when it's refined? And he picks up the piece of silver and he looks at it and he says, when I see my reflection in it. Mm-hmm. That's good. There you go. And it's from Malachi. Yeah. He sits as a refiner of silver. Right. I mean, that's what the Lord is, I yeah. believe, you know, as in my very limited wisdom, and I'm not a theologian, but in my life experience and what God has given to me is he is, he's got a purpose in this. Well, the best theologians are the ones that are living it. And that's really what theology is, is experiencing God. Um, what is the prognosis? As we speak right now. Right. People, so the, are going, people are going to want to pray. Yes, for sure. And I really appreciate that. And thank you for asking that question. So he has been through 15 rounds of chemo, five rounds of radiation. We have round six in January of next year in 2024. And then we will meet with his team and they will. he will either be in a position where he can go on to the next level, which is treatment that may and I say this, you know, we're realistically hopeful, may kind of turn him over into the chronic state of the disease and it will no longer be a terminal state of the disease. Okay. So, again, we are realistically hopeful. Yes. Uh, There are days when we um, are really angry and not functioning and really upset, and there are other days when we do okay. Yeah, yeah. And I will tell you from my personal experience, being through this once before, there's no guidebook. The rules change all the time the players change guess who doesn't change and it's god i mean obviously like i would not be here i would not be sitting here right now before you if i didn't really believe that god is for me and that god's character is good even when the circumstances right. don't look well right. it's clear that you do believe that and it's also clear that god's taught you a lot through all of this pain and one thing i learned about myself is that when i um after I lost Jody and then I lost Taylor, I had learned a lot um, while grappling with Jody's death that I was able to take into grappling with Taylor's death. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even know it until I had to grapple with it. Mm-hmm. And so God was, in a way, preparing me for the second one during the first one. Yep. Um, and none of us hope for the second one, um, so we don't even think about that. 
but then all of a sudden I was driving I was driving home and I had to tell my my six year old twins that their brother had been killed and <laughs> I I remembered well how did I how did I tell my other kids that Jody was terminal and then I remembered how I did it and then I prayed and I and I just I I just blurted it out didn't I God and he goes yeah you just go home and tell them and I did I went home and told them <laughs> but that was just an example of the different tools that God had taught me. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, there they were, right on the surface. Mm-hmm. So I, I, in that way, I knew that God was still there. Mm-hmm. Um, but circumstantially, people would have looked at it and said, well, you, there's no way that you could trust that God. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, I disagree, and I love him more now than I ever have. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing I, that yeah. you can say that? Yeah. You know, after 100%. 100%. Not even, I'm not even going to put a qualifier on that. It just seems so counterintuitive, yep. you know. It's because the Holy Spirit's super powerful, right? And our faith goes deep, deep, deep in times like this. Absolutely. And your faith is obvious. And thank you very much for sharing all this with us. And we are going to be praying for you. Thank you. And we've learned a lot from you today. So thanks a lot, Julie. Thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. And you know what? Here's the thing. Um, you may be in the middle of it right now. You may be fighting your own battle, and you're alone and you're listening to this and you're saying yeah i don't i i don't have that kind of faith i i it's okay you know just tell god where you are and just explain it to him this is how i'm feeling this is how i feel about you god this is how i feel about the situation and then just let him speak into your life don't try to pretend god already knows what's in your heart and he's not blaming you for it he knows it's hard so um, trust what Julie has said that God it's God's character that you need to focus on not on circumstances and I can vouch for that I want to thank our partners for allowing us to do this program Faith Radio has been wonderful you can check out more episodes at faithradio.com you can see a video version of this podcast at fivestonemedia.com you can also check us out here at Ridgewood Church you can send me an email contact me I'd love to talk with you at myrwc.org and thanks so much for listening to Life Support listening to this life support podcast these conversations are available because of listener support you can make a gift now at myfaithradio.com to avoid missing future editions of life support subscribe to the podcast today at itunes or your podcast player and thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of life support